Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of On the Side with yours truly, Jackie London. Today is another Dietitian's Roundtable, and I am pumped for this one. Guys, I have one of my favorite crushes. I mean, girl crushes, like social media crushes, if you will, with me today. Her name is Monica Moreno. Monica is the founder of Essence Nutrition, which is a group practice of seven dietitians. She oversees all of Essence's private client work and also focuses on their corporate wellness programming, speaking engagements, non-private client nutrition consulting services, school wellness programming, and marketing. Monica actually was previously a clinical dietitian, just like me, uh, at Jackson Memorial Hospital. And and has also served as an adjunct nutrition professor at the University of Miami. She's based in Miami, Florida, if that wasn't completely obvious already. But uh, Monica and I actually met on Instagram. Like, she's one of those rare finds of people that you just kind of, that you each follow each other and admire from afar. And I I just could not have been more blown away by this interview. She's so brilliant. She's so funny. We had the best time chatting. And I think you're going to learn a ton from this episode. Lots about what it's like to work in private practice. So anyone anywhere that works in any type of practitioner space, this episode is absolutely for you. It is also for you if you're just curious about what it's like to be a dietitian and the the sort of COVID related pivot that many of us made in our careers, in our work from home life balance. Um, And she also talks about what it's like to navigate different types of conditions, different types of both disease states, also food allergies and what it's like to find food options that work for everyone within your lifestyle, within your family, within your kind of scope and navigating those challenges while also living your life and enjoying the food that you love to eat. So without just talking your ear off, I'm going to dive in, let you listen to Monica. She's fantastic. As always, please feel free to reach out at Jacqueline London RD. You can find me basically anywhere. Just type in that little Jacqueline London RD into your search bar. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen. And um, and I can't wait to hear what you think. You can always find me. I am here waiting for your nutrition questions and for your feedback. So come find me at Jacqueline London RD. And now let's get into today's episode. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. Today's question is such a good one. It is, I want to eat healthier, but my husband doesn't. (laughs) My husband can eat whatever he wants and not gain a single pound. How can I avoid temptation when we eat together? Oh, so many things. Okay. 
God, love can really hurt, can it? I mean, particularly when you're trying to like button some pants that just don't fit you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but relationships of any type, and and I, I feel like to some extent, you know, whether this is, whether you're dealing with this as a romantic relationship or with friends or with other family members, I feel like a lot of us went through this if we moved back in with certain relatives or moved in with new relatives during, during quarantine, right? Your relationships do not have to necessitate an eating identity crisis, okay? As a general rule, this is where I would start. This is honestly where I would start with anyone, whether I'm working in private practice or I am consulting with groups. This is what I would say as my go-to advice, and it really applies in this scenario, which is make your meals at least 50% veggies or at least have them on the plate in any homemade meal you make, right? Like if you're making something for both of you, how can you kind of make it so that you are hedging your bets, you're stacking the deck, you're making something loaded up with the veg, and then you'll have the other items available for the rest of the meal so that you're eating the same things, but your ratio may look a little different, okay? Great example, pasta. Pasta is like the greatest thing you can possibly have, right? It's a thing for both of you. You flip the ratio of veggies to pasta if you're making that pasta at home, right? So you've got a zillion, you know, sauteed broccolis with garlic and cherry tomatoes and olive oil and salt and pepper. And my mouth is watering as I say this. Double that, double that serving, double the broccoli, have the pasta, okay? But you're going to make them separately, right? Because one has to go, you know, on the stove, on the stove top in the pot, and one has to be sauteed in the saute pan, right? So before they even get to your plate, you've already got them in the, in the setup that you want them to be in. Simple swaps like this where you can double up on those veggies, that makes it so that you and your spouse are both eating the foods that that you want to eat, but that you feel like neither one of you has to feel like you're sacrificing or compromising, right? Because you're still going to eat the flavor of all of the things that you love. Yours can automatically be made lighter, more nutrient dense without, you know, saying that you're going to go with the, you're like rummaging for mac and cheese sauce. <laughs> somewhere deep in the depths of your pantry so that he can load on, load that onto his pasta. I'm not, I'm, I'm just teasing. That's not even a real thing, right? I don't know that anyone's doing that. But the point is, serving items to which you can add on more veggies, make the meal lighter, more nutritious, without making anyone feel deprived. For snacks, this is also easy to do when you can keep easy to customize staples that you both love in the pantry, fridge, or freezer. Perfect example of this is like, let's say you're getting some dips to use or to, to serve or to have on hand so that you can have a nutritious snack during the day. Salsa, guac, hummus, those pair just as easily with crudite as they do with chips, right? Um, and you're automatically making that choice that much lighter, but see what I did there, right? Like you're automatically adding in more veggies instead of thinking about what you're missing out on. You're getting more into the mix. Great choices for any household in general in the snack section. Popcorn, air pop popcorn just in general. Um, any kind of whole grain corn flour tortilla, that's also a great choice because that makes it that much easier for you to pile on the veg on fajita night while your spouse is also having the exact same thing but maybe is going a little bit harder on the meat-based chili while you're 
we're going a little harder on the fajita veggies. You've also got things like um, bean-based tortilla chips and crackers, lots of different types of part-skim cheese, right? So if you've got part-skim cheese on hand, automatically easy to use for a snack or as part of a garnish or an ingredient within a meal. So something like a polio string cheese that's like a 2%, it's going to give you that eight grams of protein, really solid, really nutritious. But if you've got those on hand, then there's an easy built-in way for your spouse to go back and get more if they are looking for that or to actually just fill up on this nutritious meal that you just made, right? Another great staple that I always recommend is to have, make sure you've got some 100% whole grain bread on hand. Really simple swap from sandwich staple to a swap for a burger bun, right? So that you're automatically adding in these more nutritious, more filling whole grains, veggies, fruit, wherever and whenever you can, and lean sources of protein and lean dairy. So this way, you've got staples on hand to which you can always add more, right? Like you can always make something a little bit heavier. You can always make them heavier, but it's harder to lighten them up, which is why I really understand where this kind of question comes from. When you're in control over the grocery shopping and the prep and cook method, you've got this on lock, right? Because you're you're automatically able to make things heavier on the veggies whenever, however, in whatever capacity you can. And when you choose staples like these, like filling up on these more, um, these fresher ingredients or even frozen or canned ingredients, like any type of produce in any scenario, whenever you can increase the ratio of produce to everything else, you've got this, right? Okay, so that's where I would start. Then it's a question about looking at your general routine, your takeout schedule, your dining out schedule, but we can, let's just table that for another day. Let's start with what's happening in the house. Double up on those veggies, make meals all meals, veggie heavy, then you've got the control over what's going onto your plate and yours can be heavier on the veg. Add more veg. Love it. Okay. That's where we'll start for today. As always, please DM me with your questions at Jacqueline London RD on Instagram. I cannot wait to hear from you. That was a great question today. All right. Let us get back to the episode. First of all, like, do you remember, probably neither one of us have been to this place, but you've heard about it, you've read about it, you've seen it. It's um, Cafe Gratitude in LA. Yes, in, right? um, I was going to say in California. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. Like, that's the perfect example of, like, I am meditating on a lotus leaf, but also <laughs> I have to say thank you to myself for, for getting out of bed this morning and having a $20 avocado toast. I just don't. Yeah. I just, and like, I'm also getting into more of like the food accessibility and security world. And I just yes. feel like someone yesterday to me was like, Oh God, I just, Oh, I know what it was. My friend in, in wait for it. Private equity was like, I think I have an allergy. And I said, <laughs> of, like, yes, he, of course you do. by the way, like right. curbside consult, like he just like decided to use me. We were by the, we're, we're on the phone about a philanthropy thing we're doing. And he's like, I think I have an allergy. And I'm like, oh. uh, why do you think you have an allergy? He's like, I'm super bloated all the time. I was like, I'll tell you what your problem is, private equity, good sir. You eat out like seven <laughs> times a week. Like, you know, I spend $200 a day on food. I'm like, never tell that to anyone do else. Do not say that out loud I was ever like, again. <laughs> that is a horrific thing. Like, I'm horrified. But I go, you know what you need to start doing, sir, is you need to understand that dinner can be like scrambled eggs and avocado and tomato. And like, you'll feel a lot better. And delicious and $6 and like, stop. Like, I'm like, I guess in one way you're supporting the food and bed hospitality economy by like pumping in $200 a day to it. But like rude, 
So, Rude. And also, wait a sec. Like, my biggest question, like, I'm sitting here going, if he's spending 200 then what if he just also, like, is he also taking you? Like, where, like I, well, what meal so is he taking you going, to? So then he's like, where should we go to lunch tomorrow? The surf club, and I, which is, like, the top five nicest place. And I was like, I'm fine with it. I know you're paying. But, like, just so you know, I am thrilled to meet you at, like, a food hall and get, like, a slice of pizza and a salad. 100%. Like, I, he's like, you eat that? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, well, we're going to get muscles. I'm like, do we really have to get $95 <laughs> muscles at, at, like, 11 in the morning? Like, I don't even, I just, I don't know. I don't it just doesn't like, sound like that. Like, listen, some, there's a time and a place for muscle, but 11 a.m. on a Wednesday doesn't feel like that time. People are just right? so frivolous with money and especially with food. And I just have so many, so many thoughts and feelings about it. Oh yeah, my so. God. People are just bizarre. The surf club is a fabulous place that I feel like you're literally paying because you just to sit, like, you're like, these muscles don't cost $95. They cost maybe $1. There's, but here, well, there's there's a a this is a $94 experience, like, as I, I look around. Yeah, as I'm like, I look it's around. fine. Like, I'm not going to be like, no, on principle, I only eat, you know, Publix for lunch, which I ate yesterday, which literally is chicken salad, the chicken, the aforementioned chicken salad. So, and but, how was you the know, chicken salad, by the way? It was how great. Was it? it wasn't, so, like, I actually struggled with this because I was on Biscayne and I had to, I had a jewelry repair in the same shopping center as the Publix, but okay. I really wanted to type divert 10 minutes and go to Bagel Bar East, which is like one of our good Jewish delis. Their chicken salad is like way better. Like they blend it and there's more like dill, but like the okay. chicken salad was fine, but it wasn't on the level of Bagel Bar East, but I just decided not to take that. I, I, I took the road more traveled than the road less traveled. Damn. Okay. Wait a second. Can we go into the Jewish deli of South Florida discussion for once. Yeah. I, I mean, your bagels like make like dance on the grave of our bagels down here. I understand. <laughs> there was a time where I feel like there was something that opened that was importing water, like, like, yes, like literally taking you are tap correct. water from And New it York? was okay. called Brooklyn Water Bagel Company. And they were like, and they, they, yes, I remember this well, because this was in my grad school years on Brickell and they weren't that good, honestly. And I don't, Bummer. I don't, Bummer. I just don't, I don't think it was that maybe, you know, to be honest, if you know anything about chem, like chem and food chem, it's, it's humidity when you're baking. So I think it has to do with the climate. You know, even if you use the same method to boil a bagel here, it's completely, okay. di- you'll get, you get completely different products in New York, just as a result of the like ambient humidity. Um, I mean, maybe ambient the water quality humidity also. is either going to be. Your... I mean, the, the ambient humidity would explain this situation, but Wait, yeah, but that, so it's just that different. situation is adorable. But I, what I don't <laughs> understand is, first of all, why does it look so great? Because I just feel like I just, how I've got a lot. My hair so big, it's full of secrets. My whole life, <laughs> the hairdressers have always been like, "You have like three times the amount of hair of a normal person." And People I'm like, "I'm like, well, just, say that to me like, too." Don't, I'm like, "Don't charge me. It's not fair." I just. Why am I still in this chair? I know. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose that for myself. I'm so sorry. It's my Ashkenazi. It's the Ashkenaz. We just can't. No, it's great because I know when we get older, you know, when your hair falls down, you get older, I'll have like a normal person amount of hair. So, like, well, people say that, but you know, they've been saying that my whole life, Monica. Now Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just like maybe that's true, or maybe it'll just like my eyeballs will fall out and that'll be weirder because like it's not coming from here. Like, it's just not going to. We have so much we to look can't. forward to as we age, No, that's we? what I'm saying. I mean, honestly. Okay, wait. Let's go back for a second and go to 
the beginnings, your your career beginnings in nutrition. Ah. Give us a little, give us a little backstory. Well, I just love when like I like go Get that on question. people's Instagrams yes. and they're like, I dedicate my life to a passion for food. And I'm like, um, I'm going to kill you. you. Die, right. You're going to have nothing else to be like to, on your tombstone. Like if you talk to me at a party for like 45 right. minutes, it will not come up what I do. Thank you so I much. I don't want Thank you for to. that. I need like, you to I get into rather, that. <laughs> yeah. I would rather people be like, wow, you have such an interesting hairstyle. Like what, you know, right. or like, oh my gosh, tell me about your dog or your son or like right. your family yeah. or wow, why that? are you taking... <laughs> Why do you take Latin for fun? You know, so I just feel like it's just like it's a, it's a career. Like, and yes. you know, in a world, in a utopian world where we wouldn't have to make money, I don't know that this would be my career. It's just something yeah. that I fell into because I, I had wanted to declare nutrition and dietetics as my major at the University of Florida when I entered as a 17 year old young oh my God. But but That's as you remember, it's about. like chem one, chem two, orgo one, orgo two, biochem. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm like not trying to, um, <laughs> if this is a pre-med track and like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't like touching people. I don't like veins. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow what my dad, my dad was an English major and he's like, follow your dreams. Like, and oh I was like, God, I'm going to be same. a linguistics major, French minor, teaching English as a second language minor. And I'm going to move to France and study abroad, which I did and work for the UN and just live this like Emily in Paris life. And that's really great. And I was, and I took Arabic and I took French and it was wonderful. And, um, then it was 2008 and I'm like, Oh, Holy smokes. Like what kind of actual like job am I going to have? Like, I'm just going to move to France and bop around. And like, I don't want to be in marketing and advertising. So like, I like, (laughs) what what am I going to do with myself? Just like look cute and nanny, which honestly would have probably been more lucrative than what I do now. So I kind of like switched gears in the middle of college. I kept all my majors and minors and I started tracking and taking those horrible like yeah. four science classes to get into the master's program of dietetics and nutrition, wherever, you know, they're all kind yeah. of the same as far as the requirements. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. And I took the GRE and I got in wherever I wanted, but I'm like, you know what? I really would, would like to go home to Miami. Cause yeah. like, I don't want to be in a college town anymore. Like no. UF does have a great program. They take six people. Like, I don't want to just like, I six can't. People. I yeah, Wait, I thought people. we were tiny at 12 people. I was like, you yeah, gotta yeah, be no, kidding. No, UF back in the day was like really, <laughs> really tiny. And I was like, I can't be here anymore. Love the fact that like a drink is $3, but like I gotta get home. Right, but so, like what drink, right. But it's from, it's, it's what drink indeed. Um, although a lot, you know, a lot of people like my parents' age are retiring to Gainesville because it's really? so affordable. Well, it's very cultured. It's affordable. If you like football and you're into the Gators, it's like, you know, the best thing in the I world. Could, have, I could fuck with Great. this like now I'm like there's that mm-hmm. there's if I'm you like, like golf there's a million golf courses because North Florida is very similar to Georgia as far as like yeah. the culture and aesthetic and they have wonderful like hippie restaurants and they have a lot of art and culture and like I could see myself retiring maybe in a Gainesville like place I'm just not so into football so that would just be lost on me I um, totally agree I also want yeah. to talk to you about golf but not until after oh I would love to talk about golf okay um so I went home, I took my master, I did my master's at FIU, which is the only accredited program in Miami. And, um, I got into the internship there. They only took like seven people, which was like, I was like, they're going to, I'm going to have to go to Nebraska for my internship. Um, but I got to stay in Miami. (laughs) And at first I thought, 
because I have Crohn's disease. So I was like, I'm going to be a Crohn's dietitian. And UM was like, well, we only take dietitians who have two years of experience. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. How am I supposed to get experience if it's like everyone's first job conundrum? Like you're not experienced. This makes me insane. Like, well, how am I supposed to get experience? Like, look how smart I am. Like, don't you want to see my master's thesis? Like it got published and I presented it at Fancy and like, they didn't give a shit. So I was like, well, fine. (laughs) I'm going to do eating disorders because I did a lot of my internship at an inpatient eating disorder facility. And I was like, you know what? It's like a really intense and very niche advanced practice thing. I don't know if I really want to like just be do eating disorders the rest of my life. Like I don't I know. have this like millennial it's fear taxing. of commitment. No, a thousand percent, but also it is a taxing. I, I literally yeah, I, found I papers as I was cleaning out. Like I, I found like a number of different, I don't, first of all, why did I have them printed out? Because like, like as if I'm sitting in front of two actual screens like I don't don't know why I don't know what these were lurking but I just like started flipping through and they're not even that dated like they were like 2017 studies oh I I don't have a printer just that (laughs) right no exactly but I'm like first of all why do I have these and second of all even just looking through the through the data I was like this is hard like it's just like just hacking like I just felt like yeah I need a little nap fascinating because like the liberal art side of me, which I miss is like psychology and humanities and writing. And so that's what entices me about eating disorders. Cause like you can be a, I always, I thought I would become a psychologist, but I'm like, I don't want to get like a PhD. Like that seems terrible. So I, I would love to work at an eating disorder center as part of a multidisciplinary team. The problem is I'm such a spoiled brat now is that the one in Miami where I did my internship is like an hour away. And like, Ain't nobody got no, time it's hard. for a two-hour no, commute too every day. Right, right. That is not spoiled, Brad. I just want to say that that is COVID realness. That's like, yeah. you have like, like our lives have been flipped upside down enough. Plus, yeah. you mentioned 2008. I'm, I just feel like, haven't we been through enough? I've been through enough. I don't want to sit in my car ever again. Right. And like, it's just really inconvenient for me to work there. Not that right. they've offered me a job or anything, but anyway, so if anyone wants to hire me for away. a yeah. remote eating disorder counseling position, I would Zoom love to in. do that because I right. still think Call it's Call me. Here's my Zoom. We'll leave your Zoom in the show. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Right. possible. So then I was like, Ugh, what am I going to do now? I hate everybody and I hate everything. But right. I interned at Jackson, which is like where UN like trains their residents. It's a level one trauma center. It's like, the army trains there. It's like, it's the only hospital. It's where I delivered my son. Like it's the only hospital I would ever trust with my, my own personal health care or like any of that of my, my own family. So they obviously will take any green dietitian because they're so hungry for warm, warm bodies because as you know how it is. And I started there and I would love you to play a guessing game of how much you think a master's level published thesis, young woman with a registered dietitian degree and all this wonderful experience made as a dietitian. So when everyone was like, oh my, like God. my niece wants to call you, she wants to be a registered dietitian. I'm like, become a PA right. because <laughs> they're like, what? Don't you love what you do? I'm like, it's really lovely. But until the healthcare system rewards us for our Thank education you. credentials and work, it's not worth becoming a dietitian unless you come from dynastic wealth. Okay. So <laughs> dynastic is the perfect. So, which is great. Like dynastic I love wealthy is people. The perfect one. I love wealthy true. people who work. Wealthy people who work are like, you are the reason for the season because like- Good for you. Good, right. Good for you. Especially <laughs> in healthcare, like you're you're helping- You're doing God's others, work. And right. like, you don't need to because you could have a dog masseuse parlor if you wanted to, but you are working for, wait for it, $22.46 an hour before taxes is what I made as a registered dietitian with a master's degree. Caring for critically ill children 
and indigent people. I really and need what, you to like, say this again. I need you to say it again because I need the the idea that perhaps someone could listen to this and just help us. We just need some guidance on uh, it would who have we to be need, whose door we need to knock 100 down. One hundred members of the U.S. Senate and how many members are in Congress? Like three fifty. Great question. I think that isn't it. Yeah, like the total. You know what? I'm not even going to do this to us because the other day I was just talking about how on my specific RD exam, for whatever reason, and I don't know why I even remember this, there was so much U.S. history. Okay, listen, I am a history buff. Like, I'm literally a medievalist. Like, like, I do not care bollocks for U.S. history. It is so boring. Um, And it's so racist and Puritan and, like, gross. I am so with you on that, but I like that you said bollocks because are you into a little Tudor England instead? Um, Yeah, that was— Which is also kind of racist, but still. So the Tudor period actually ends at the tail end of the medieval period, so my specialty is really anything before 15, like, 06. Oh, so you're going going further. I see. Okay, you went went even further. I'm into, I'm into British culture and European culture because I think they do so many things right with society and food and yes. child rearing and parental yes. leave that we could really learn for. So yes. the the issue okay. with a dietitian making 2246 an hour um, <laughs> is that they're not going to be incentivized to say or provide good care. And yes. that's really unfortunate because PAs and PTs make about triple that per hour, which still is probably underpaid, but it's because right. their services are reimbursable by insurance and they're encouraged to do these codes and bill and bill whereas the dietitians are just lumped together with the food service. So we're like part of the laundry. So that was not a sustainable or livable wage, especially in a, I mean, it's not a livable wage in Arkansas. It's not a livable wage in Miami. So I did it for two years to get experience. I worked in the pediatric ICU transplant, hemonc. I loved it. I loved working with kids. Um, but like where, and there's no growth because what do you do? You, you murder yeah. the, the CNM, the clinical nutrition manager. And then you're like, <laughs> you can't become like head dietitian, like CM, like literally you would have to literally murder someone to become a CNM, which is just directing the people who work. Which is the, the worst job too. I know. It's I'm not crazy. like, Oh, you're the head dietitian. It's like, you're the head lunch lady. So yes. And as you can, I am very embittered about our, our career because I also believe that clinical yeah. nutrition is the ballet of, of our profession, Entire like field. Of the, in yes. the dance world, which I also yeah. is a dancer, like ballet is the OG. Yes. And once you've done ballet, you can do everything else. So I think that I, I think it's absurd that dietitians are allowed to work in anything but clinical nutrition. They're allowed to just like open a private practice. Like, right. have you ever smelled a pressure ulcer, ma'am? No, then you don't, if get you to open don't a private know practice. what it's like to, like, if, thank you. No. Thank you. If, if you, you don't know what it's like surgery, to talk to a guy that has a wound with maggots coming out of it, maggots. and you're like, he maggots. probably needs some protein, but like a couple things before that. Right. Hey, 100%. hey guys, welcome to right. my YouTube channel of Celery Today. No, you did not work in a <laughs> academic hospital institution. You didn't work along doctors and physicians. Like, Yes. You took a test about a number three spoon and you took three questions about <laughs> HIV AIDS. Like, and maybe get you off know Instagram. how many people, right. And maybe, you know, you happen to know for one second in time, how many people yeah. no. are in so, the U.S. Senate mm, and with I, Congress. I, maybe you know, but we don't. <laughs> maybe you so know, I but only not. for one day because you don't know that permanently. Okay. I'm going to feed this dog a green bean. Um, so, uh, that was not a sustainable career option for me. And I will not hire any dietitian who has not worked in clinical nutrition because like, you don't know, like you you know, nothing Jon Snow, you know, nothing Jon Snow. So, um, I did it for two years. I would have, I would have, if the salary had been not even generous, but if it had been livable, like, because I knew I was going to get married and probably have 
like a right. supportive income as well. Right. If I, I wasn't married at that point, I was we'll be gone in Miami. Right. I was like, this is not <laughs> financially or intellectually right. stimulating enough for me. So I was like, all right, I want to do outpatient, but I don't like any of the outpatient job. I don't want to be like the diabetes lady that comes in and is like, right. I know. exactly. Like, I don't want to be a dialysis dietitian. I don't want to come in and be like, hello, this is a serving of carbohydrates. It is 12 right. grams. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll open a private practice because like I'm young and I'm energetic and I can probably yeah. figure this out. Right. And that is what I did. However, as anyone who's been in private practice knows, especially in a, in a <laughs> major urban central uh, population, people are rude. And they will like grind you to a pulp. And that the clients really got to me. They really like cut me down because they were so cruel, nasty, demanding. Really? Oh, they were just rude. I mean, and especially Miami people cancel. They don't show up. They want a refund. They're nasty. They, I wanted a diet. I wanted keto. I want to lose weight. I didn't get results. So I changed the structure and now I'm like the Uber like call center where I hire dietitians with vast clinical experience who don't want to kill themselves and start a private practice and pay taxes and do all the things that I do at night. Yeah. But they just want to provide really wonderful healthcare in a concierge meticulous way from a health at every size and intuitive eating framework. And they want to have a vast variety of cool clients, young, old, everybody, diverse, compassionate, inclusive care. And they just want to like be a good dietitian. They don't want to have to deal with what I deal with all night, which is customer service and marketing and complaints and yada, yada, yada. I'm ta- taxes, taxes, taxes. So that's where we are so now. Taxes. And now I can focus on my one true love, which is consulting, speaking, corporate wellness, yeah. writing, um, and other random strange projects that I get into. And that is all. First of all, I love what you said about clinical. I feel the exact same way. But I also love that you are not even just talking about it, that you're just like, I hire dietitians with like that. It's not, it's my private practice. Like I'm not hiring you to decide. Right. right. Like, and it's, it's just leads to just such a better experience. And it's so much easier to manage someone who had, who's like, yeah, I can mess with like this lady's salad issues because I had someone who had hepatoblastoma and a multi-physical organ transplant last week. Like, right. You know, like right. you can't treat the well until you treat, you've treated the really sick. Completely. Thank you. Thank you. Could not agree with that more. You don't understand what it's like to talk to people unless you know what it's like to talk to people at their most vulnerable. I I mean, they're not even conscious. (laughs) Yeah. Or they're they're not conscious. (laughs) Or yeah. So, and, and it just, it, a well, I feel like we're, so there's something wrong with our um, dietitian education curriculum. We're minting poorly rounded. That's not a good word. Yes. Um, no, it dietitians. is. No, you know, I totally like, agree. There's too yeah. much of an emphasis on food service, which respect because as we're at yeah. this, because yeah. like we need food service dietitians, but it should be an elective. I would have rather have taken classes on pediatrics, eating disorders, business. Completely. You know, and like yeah. m- microbiology, not necessary. Now I'm just afraid to touch anything. So, you know, Couldn't I agree more. It just caused me a lot of dry hands, which I already, like, I went into COVID with dry hands. Like, my hands are dry all the time. I'm just washing them too much. Hand cream in here somewhere. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a problem with our healthcare system, our education system, and just the career um, arena for being a registered dietitian, which is why I advise most of them to be do PA or a CRN, like a a certified nurse, anesthetist, or a nurse practitioner, just because you will do the same amount of training and you will get paid, maybe not even handsomely, but like, but decently, but in know? a livable so, way, right? Like in something right. that, that makes it so that you don't have to, like for the majority of my grad program, I was living at home, yeah. like, but not oh. everyone can do that. 
You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, most people cannot do that, really. And like, why that's is why. It that, why does your internship cost money? Why did right? you work 40 hours a week <laughs> and pay for the privilege right. to be someone's free labor? That's not how it is in DPT. And in residency, you get paid to be a resident. So exactly. I don't know that we need to be paid, but I think it should be break even. Like, I'm going to go apprentice for 40 hours a week for a dietitian. And like, I mean, because I've had interns and it's like, how is this free work? This shouldn't be legal. You know, right. you shouldn't have to pay your institution 10 grand a semester for the privilege of being someone's apprentice. Like it's not. hundred percent. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And that's where we are. And my career is interesting out because as women, you know, um, and yeah. men also have children. I have, I have a son. I don't yeah. want to work 80 hours a week away from my home ever again. You know, I also don't want to be the person that like built up my education and career. And now I'm like, and now it's time that I'm going to sing all day and do right? sensory boxes. Cause like, I'm like in COVID, I was like, so kid, uh, Hamilton again, the soundtrack, yes. let us sing. Like Let's that sing. is not. I need balance and diversity. I get very bored Let's easily. Do it so, again. And I know, and I would, I always encourage young dietitians, like, what should I do? I'm like, in your internship, figure out what you hate and figure out what you love. And then like, you know, act accordingly. So I like pri- private counseling. I'm good at it. I could do it two hours a week before I want to strangle someone. What I could do <laughs> ceaselessly is just talk. And I love presenting and educating. So I actually just reached out to my grad school professor who I'm surprised is still, still there. Still and kicking. I was like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just was like, I was like, oh, well, God, I hope the email doesn't bounce back. Um, right. You're like, that, what that do I do then? I, you're like oh, already God. preparing yourself for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, she's okay. <laughs> um, and I was like, hey, like virtual adjunct position. And Ooh. she was like, I actually was going to reach out to you and like ask you about that. Like, that would be My amazing. God. Like, what do you want to teach? And I'm like, counseling and business, you know, like something like real and exciting. She's like, yeah. well, it has to, okay, you know, align with the ASEN curriculum. I'm like, I'll figure oh it my out, God. you know, like oh. ugh, teaching to the test. So anyway, that's where we are now. And of course, my makes humble so assistant sad. eating my sugar snap peas. Because she's so cute. Your four-legged assistant. Wait, Madison. Madison. Madeline. Madeline. Like the French, like the French cartoon. Of course she is. Oh my God, <laughs> did I, I love those France, books so much. Like, yes. My, my yes. France thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can we switch gears for a second? Can we talk about what you said about health at every size? I want you to talk about what that means to, to someone who doesn't know about it, if someone's listening and they want to know what does that mean that your dietitians are trained in, in a, you said a haze approach, healthy, healthy right. at every size approach. Yes. So traditionally, and most Western nutrition and medical schools are still teaching based on very biased data because the foundation 100%. of science is, is data. And, and I, and the studies and data that they are looking on, which are biased to begin with, so they're all trash, is, is that- <laughs> If you are overweight, you are not healthy because yeah. there are associations, yeah, correlation, not causation, because between weight and, and health issues. What we now know and have learned, if you reframe your research studies and your protocols and you actually are practicing this in real life and see it, that's called clinically, what you begin to see is that you can attain health in ways that are defined by non-weight standards and yeah. non societal, you know, demands of looking and being standards. And what I mean by that is that if you define health just by weight, 
you don't know, not, again, you know nothing, Jon Snow, because the person's cholesterol could be terrible. They could be at risk for cardiovascular disease. They could have an eating disorder, disordered eating patterns, terrible intake. They don't move. They don't exercise, whatever. So we just take weight they off. They have the a table. stage for pressure ulcer. Yes. Yes. I, did, just, <laughs> I didn't mean to do. bring it back for our, for our listeners. You, I did not mean you to bring that. it back it to is, the pressure ulcer, but I had to. I mean, Monica reminded me of it. Now I'm just Loading. like, yeah. Right. I there. miss Honestly, you. There I miss weekends. you. I don't miss you, but I miss you. There definitely have been weekends where I'm like, <laughs> I am an embolism risk right now. I have not. I, so a thousand percent. It's a good weekend when I'm at risk for an embolism. Good weekend Honestly. when your calves start failing. That's a great not, show on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yes. So we can approach health, and we can does we can help people attain health in ways that are joyous, meaningful, appropriate, affordable, culturally appropriate, exciting, and health enhancing to them. So if you are telling me I don't exercise, that's not healthy. Okay. So I'm going to say to you, I'm not going to tell you, you need to exercise 180 minutes per week. I'm going to say, is there a type of movement that has ever appealed to you or that you can consider doing? And you'll say, you know, I have Francine and she loves to walk. <laughs> I, probably not, but okay. She so, does. Okay, she does not Would in this be, weather. Not in this weather. Say, but yes. like her, she's too low. She <laughs> she's snow. so low to so, the ground. It's hard. She's too low. Too much I snow. Know. So I'd say, great. Would you consider walking Francine? You know, to get your groceries and just tying her outside while you go inside. Absolutely. So now I have yeah. encouraged someone to to obtain a health promoting and enhancing behavior and the subject of her weight or looks was not brought into the conversation. Therefore she was not stigmatized. And when people are stigmatized, they don't seek help. So a lot of people don't even go to doctors or dietitians because they are too ashamed yeah. because they've been shamed. And a lot of our clients are like, sorry, I never work with a dietitian because I've been too ashamed because I know what they'll say to me. And oh we're like, this God, is the yeah. stops here. This is the last end of the dream. Yeah. We have clients whose weight falls strangely off of the curves at the BMI, which was never designed for humans, you know, to, you know, they're all over the place. We don't care. I want to know about your health enhancing behaviors, your health destroying behaviors and your risk for disease and death. And I always say no doctor can ever argue with you. If you say, yeah, I'm 280 pounds, but I eat seven servings of vegetables a day. I exercise an hour a day. I sleep nine hours, you know, night. I met your, all your health behaviors, tick all of the boxes to me, your weight your weight is going to settle where it settles. It, it, right. it'll, it'll fall to, when you start eating intuitively and you actually honor your hunger and you don't, you banish diets and the dogma and restriction, yeah. your weight and your body will look like, and will be where, where it will be. And I cannot predict whether that's going to mean losing weight, gaining weight. And at different times throughout your life cycle, especially women, our weights ebb and flow, our muscle mass ebbs and flow. All and that's time. perfectly normal and respectable. And we should celebrate that. And that's in a nutshell what haze is. You know, I like that so much. I like that so much. And I, okay, so I don't know if you were there. I was at a fancy that had this debate. Oh, the of, debate. When, do was you it Rebecca Scritchfield? Rebecca Scritchfield and- I think um, it might've been. I think it might've been yeah. Rebecca. And it was, I just remember it getting really heated about the sort of bottom line point on this, which is that like, weight is not the main thing. Like that, it's just not it's the main, thing. it's just not the focus. It, it is a thing. thing. It is a thousand percent a thing, but it's not the focus of the thing. Precisely. Right. And I felt like during that debate, we were watching this unfold where there was like this encouragement of like anger and, and like, um, like the back vitriol. and forth. Yes. And vitriol when everyone was actually kind of saying the same 
bottom line, which was somewhat similar. I might be misremembering this because I might be thinking like we've we seen that with like a projected, it. right? <laughs> well, know. I just it's remember, th- and this happens whenever this debate yes. comes up and it's actually, you know, the most fervent deniers of it are, tend to be people who love their diet so much. Yeah. Even though the 87 diet has not worked for them or it's or a doctor. that they're like a, the, doc- a thousand percent. Right. Thank so you. it's either a doctor yes. or a dieter. Yes. And they're, they always, they just will defend it to the deck. And here's why, because you are offending the very core and identity of what, of who they are. And that right. of course, any snake basilisk would come out and defend that. If you're telling me, Monica, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but your hair is blonde. I'd be like, you know, like how right. offensive, what do you mean? My hair is blonde. My hair has been brown my whole life. I built right. my whole identity on the fact that I'm a brunette. You know, right. it's, it's, you're literally <laughs> offending something that they have yeah. known to be true. And they truly believe in their soul. It's almost like a religion. Like yes. you're telling me Judaism is wrong, you know, right. like, and, and, and that's offensive. So of course they're going to become defensive, but yeah. that's why, you know, and, and that's why you have to acknowledge that I don't like the the term weight neutral care. I'm not neutral about your right. weight. Like yeah. it is a thing just like your movement is a thing and your stress yes. level and your vegetable intake. And if you have knee pain, that matters to me. You know what I mean? Like if you are tech, if, if everything else looks great, but you are clinically obese and your knees hurt you, then it, it, and you're coming it, to me because you want to talk about getting rid of that pain. And we need, we need exactly. to address it. But there's a, way, there's a way yes. to address that. And in a way that doesn't make it the center of your care. And to right. all the mothers who were like, aren't you going to weigh my child every week? I'm like, no, hell to the no, you know? Right. So, and that's the world we live in where people are like, well, I want you to weigh her. And I'm like, I know. and this is why we have a problem. So, right. you know, it's, it's, I teach, I also teach classes on like, pediatric and child relationships with food and bodies yeah. and like haze for kids and intuitive eating for kids. And I do it for these private schools where as you can imagine, like there's a, there's a backlash, yeah, you know, right. of like, well, there, I don't want them feeding her junk. I'm like, that's why we have a problem. Cause you think food is bad, you know, right. and your child is going to think food is bad and novelize it and, and internalize that. So yes. Haze and intuitive eating now have roots backed in data. We now have, I'm so proud whenever right. I get a new A&D journal, the Academy Journal, and there's like a Haze or IE study. And, yeah. you know, generally the results support that we need to stop stigmatizing people. They, that any behavior that is healthy and is stressful is no longer a healthy behavior. Thank you. So, okay, wait, I need you to say that again. I thank you so much. I just love that sentence so much. Say it again. <laughs> any behavior that is yes. healthy but causes stress to someone or is stressful is no yes. longer a healthy behavior because like health, because job. stress is more health destroying and damaging than yes. any Anything. food you could ever and eat. just about so, then there's no broccoli no amount of kale is going to undo your extremely stressful existence <laughs> Why do I Monica's have this? holding I'm up a broccoli florid. As we talk, she just <laughs> held up a broccoli florid. I was eating it before. <laughs> she was. She was. And I she, mean, was, she was feeding. Listen, it. people are like, oh, well, anti-dietitians, all they want to do is eat pizza and pasta. And it's like, no, homie, like, I love vegetables hard. You know, like Completely. I also love pizza right. real hard. I'm an equal. I also like them both together. <laughs> the broccoli on the pizza. So there is no, right. I don't like good and bad. Yes or no black right. or white. I always want people to live in the gray and I am pro health, you know, and health yeah. to me means pizza once a week because otherwise I'll lose my mind and I'm lucky right. to not be lactose intolerant. So I, I know what a gift to that. us. I know. I know. Especially because of our care. Because- <laughs> 
Now my problem is we we really have a lot of gastrointestinal similarities. I mean, you have Crohn's, I have celiac. We can tolerate lactose, and it's the greatest gift that ever happened to both of us. I would say. I mean, honestly, if it as long as it doesn't, we tell people all the time, "Oh, I'm lactose intolerant. It gives me terrible gas, and I fart." I'm like, "Well, if you're not in pain and you're just farting, honestly, to me, it's worth it because vegan cheese is not good." So vegan cheese is not worth much. Like there's. There, I would rather do a lot of, like, I'd rather go visit the DMV than eat some vegan cheese. Like, there's a lot of things like, I'd prefer to do than honestly, eat vegan like, cheese. Honestly, like, vegan restaurants are, like, well, my son is allergic to nuts. So, like, and sesame. Yeah, so, like, a vegan, a vegan restaurant would literally kill him. He can't even sit there. <laughs> he can't cashews. sit there. No. There's yeah. just, like, raining cashews everywhere. because cashew cheese. And, like, everywhere. respect to, like, people who have a dairy allergy yes. and who's, like, got to eat cashew cheese. But you have a nut allergy? Like, a vegan restaurant is your worst damn nightmare because like that yes. will poison you yes so, and i'm blessed enough to eat you know people are so anti-dairy i'm like this is the clear face and you know the visage of someone who eats dairy three times a day you tell this me is, that it's this inflammatory is the, this is the skin of a cheese lover okay Thank i don't want to hear about is, your oh, and like, oh, it's, in, it's inflammatory really do you want to see my 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 colonoscopy because my right. colon with humera <laughs> my beautiful western medicine biologic chemical injection is Thank so you. beautiful it looks Thank like you. a slip and slide it is so smooth and i dairy every day so booyakasha Dairy is the reason for the season. Thanks, so. though. Thanks for your concern about my pharmacological I dependence. I, something would be wrong with me if I don't call this episode Dairy is the reason for the season. And no, dairy. this is not sponsored by the USDA or any like, other or the Milk if, Council, but also call us. If, but also Dairy Council, Milk Council, if you're listening, like, I'm call here. Us. Yeah, we're here. Her colon is like a slip and slide, folks. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like we need to sit with that for a minute. I mean, literally. I, I literally spent college being like, should I go gluten-free, dairy-free? And then like no, you get I'm on this done. like super powerful, like Abbott, like company, which probably is like a super evil company in some way. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, it feels great to take this right. drug. Like Western medicine. Oh, People, God, oh, my other I favorite know. thing, food is medicine. I'm sorry. Like, oh my God. Not, Thank you. Can you tell us, medication. tell us, please. Please, okay. Monica, tell us because I had I had someone on, and this will not surprise you. And this is, by the way, for any anyone listening, anyone who will be listening to this, we may have to take this out. But if we don't, I had on a physician who was really keen on saying this repeatedly. Physicians love to say this, especially ones who are not general practitioners. Like if you're a, a physician who like is in, let's say, I mean. Certainly no gastroenterologist would ever say food is medicine, but no, neither would GIs like a, are like the best. Right, because like food is, food is a lot of things. And in a lot of ways, it's a lot, it can be preventative. It can be therapeutic in, as an adjuvant therapy, but it is uh, not medicine. No, Western medicine is a no. gift. Food is mediating. Okay. Yes. So like, I, that's what I say. So if you are getting a divorce, you can either have a terrible divorce or like a slightly more pleasant divorce. Food is one of the mediators, right? So it's right. either going to swing the pendulum, but turmeric doesn't cure your cancer. I worked at a cancer center. Right. No doctor is saying, I have the cure for your glioblastoma. And it's, it's turmeric. Human. Right. You know, no GI ever told me to take turmeric. Now right. I am risk benefit. If I, you know, I'm reading the studies, looks good. I'll take it. You know, let's see what it does. And then we have to measure outcomes. I'm a scientist. That's great. Right. Again, this yeah. celery 
Sour medicine, delicious, potentially antispasmodic properties. And trust me, when I have a headache or cramps or nausea, I go and have peppermint tea because I'm thinking can't hurt, but I'm also taking Tylenol, you know? So, you know, food is therapeutic and can potentially, I mean, and I see it every day with, especially with IBS and antenatal things and GI stuff and skin things, it can be helpful, but you, we, Western medicine keeps us alive, you know, like. Yeah. Thank you, Jonas Salk. So it's really important that we don't rely on any one. And like, for example, like I love psychotherapy, but I recognize the need for psychiatry in certain instances. We need a a circular balanced approach. What I love about that too, is it because it kind of comes back to the weight conversation of it is one factor. It's one variable in the same way that food is very much you need to eat to live. So if you're going to have me- if meals and snacks are a part of your everyday because you're a living person in the world, then mm-hmm. it yeah, it's a factor in your care plan. But your care plan right. is holistic. It's not one thing and it's not just a staid kind of exactly. isolated existence. It's a dynamic place. Okay. On this topic, because you reminded me of something with celery that I just feel like we really need to have. I really need some Monica insights on this. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with it. Give us what anything, any kind of, you know, Jan, New Year, New You trends that are making your skin crawl in a new way. I, I just in a new way because I, the, you know, dietitians like I feel like for for anyone listening, like dietitians go through this every year. We get to January and we're like, oh God, help us! Like we're hiding under the bed. It's like not in January anymore. It's every month. It's uh, every remember when month it was? Remember when it was blueberries? So Oh my God, I do. But doesn't that make you feel, does that make, like, like, do we sound old so, and we say, remember so what it was blueberries now. or chia? I mean, what about chia? I'm like, but I'm eating blueberries and like, right. I still can't fly. So like, right. I'm still not going to the moon. My blueberries haven't <laughs> yeah. taken me to the moon yet. Yeah, I was like, 100%. these are working. Um, these don't work. Know, Hell, that's part of, public that's part of diet culture. Like that's just, <laughs> Publix, I want my buy one, get one. Publix. What's up with um, that? People and diet culture love to hone in on one elixir magical thing. And we yes. uh, are the definition of insanity as we practice this again and again with no result is that one food does not a healthy diet make or break. So, you yes. know, celery is great. Like I said, antispasmodic, good for dipping, make little boats out of it with seed, sunflower seed butter, fabulous <laughs> hands on a log. There's nothing like magical or, or, or you know, mythical wait a about second, it. Wait a second, wait a second, back up a sec. A celery boat, I would argue, can be kind of magical with a little peanut butter on there. Truth. And Truth. I mean, but it's a different kind of magic to your point. Different it's magic. a different kind of magic. Childlike magic. <laughs> exactly. Wonder. So I think I, I haven't really heard about anything um, new, although I'd, I'd say that people inquire a lot about intermittent fasting. Oh my God. Um, I get an intermittent fasting question every day, I would say. And yeah. um, biohacking, which is just so hilarious to me because we just, everyone loves data, but like in the wrong way. So you know, to that I say, oh. to stisk. Um, intermittent fasting is something I do every night when I sleep. It is yep. a wonderful, it's a, it's a great well. time machine to breakfast. Yes. Um, yes. You know, the studies and rats look great. You're not a rat and rats don't have to go out to dates and on dinner. So good luck finding a date in New York if you're like, sorry, I don't eat after 4 p.m. Um, you will be a Thank rat you. alone and die Thank alone. You. Um, and the benefits are not significant enough to compel me to recommend it clinically in any, for any sort of reason. Um, if you want, there are benefits of fasting, meaning like don't eat at two in the morning and then sleep for four hours. Cause that's a terrible health avenue. Right. Go to sleep. And then your body has enough time over eight or right. nine hours, which is what to you should be, be hungry. sleeping to be hungry and, you know, medically repair things at a cellular level that need to 
quote, detoxify you. Biohacking yeah. is maybe something we'll get into in the next 20, 30 years as we, you know, become, do more research on genetics and the microbiome. But right now, like, no, you can't biohack. You can't map your right. genes, your blood type, anything like that. You can just know empirically. And I always, you know, we do a lot of food diaries with our clients because yes. it's interesting to get that data. If every time you eat hummus, you don't feel well, stop eating hummus. Okay. You're obviously right. like a FODMAP intolerance to hummus or for whatever reason, just don't <laughs> eat it. Okay. So like, you know, the, people just love like science. But they also right, and they science. really want you to validate their empirical data, and you're yeah, like, exactly. empirical is cool. Also, I'm here for your placebo. Also, yeah, you know I, what oh, I mean. Like, sure. I feel like I'm so here for it. If you People feel like, like you're taking I this very so, safe turmeric, right? Eggs don't fill me up, but oatmeal does. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm so more protein. But if you're saying that oatmeal fills you up, you eat oatmeal every day. That's fine with you. You go and right. your bad self. You go Glen Coco. Right. So yeah, that that. <laughs> Placebo effect is fine with me as long as it's not damaging. As long as long as they're not like I feel better when I don't eat breakfast. I'm like, right. Right. Maybe, maybe you could consider eating half a banana, go work out, and then eat like a proper breakfast when you come home. Thank you. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. But I but like, I can't even tell you, first of all, just in this conversation is so validating and feels so refreshing because I just feel like the one thing, and I was talking to another dietitian friend who we hadn't seen you each can't other, have other in dietitian forever. Friends I know me. it's not allowed. It's really just about you. But, <laughs> but she said something that you would love also, which is something that makes me want to get in the car slash plane and get to Miami right away. But also is something that we really took for granted is that we used to work together when we worked clinically and we shared an office and we were talking about the amazingness and the camaraderie and the ability to bounce things off of one another. And that's like with the pandemic in particular, it just feels a little bit like, first of all, I just came out of a work environment where I was one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a very I mean, strange way. Like I would, like I was the only person sort of like saying certain things that were both based on evidence, but also based on like human beings in real life, like, and the way that people process information and that, that like, there's a major disconnect between like saying things one way or like what the intention is here, which is really genuinely good, but the way that it's coming out, which is honestly awful. And like the, the (laughs) sort of dichotomous nature of that was like, such a straight. So like I was on my own Island, like feeling a little bit like I'm here. I am on my own Island. So granted that's unique. But beyond that, this, my friend Bridget was like, I, I just, it feels like the one thing about working for yourself is that there's so many great things about it. But the one thing you miss is being able to like have this like intelligent conversation with people who really get it and who are also just as informed as you are, if not more informed on other things, right? Like you're like, we're all going to be at different levels of informed, but we all come from the baseline point of view, which is you're not a rat. Like you're a human being. And like, that's where we bring art and science into Together. practice. Yes. Right. Yeah. Medicine and health is an art and science. And that's why right. part of the reason I expanded my practice yes. is I'm like, I'm really bored. I need social, I, I need validation. Right. And right. that's why I love, you know, speaking to my dietitians because I'm not the smartest dietitian in the world. They all have their unique skill sets and they have their experiences right. from their hospitals in which they've worked. So it's so nice to be like, um, what's like the updated pro- protocols on someone with eosinophilic esophagitis? And someone will be like, oh, I'm a GI specialist. And like here, so it's like, oh, Grey's Anatomy. Like, <laughs> it's so nice to have a multi, you know, this collaboration. And that's part of the reason why I love my group practice model so much is because yeah. I think it provides better care because 
eight heads are better than one, you know? And I, I it is, if you're, if you're from the clinical world, yeah, you sit in a little office with, you know, yes. five to 15 other dietitians every day. And you're like, what do I give someone who's our, and, you know, and like someone's right. care is so nice to, it, it provides, it's, it's better care. It's really better care. And it's socially more fun. And, and it's cathartic to speak to like-minded people all day, instead of just being on your own island. No, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. I also appreciate the fact the yes, like we have protocols, like we we have we have protocols for so many different types of things. And I found myself like like you're just reminding me of this with the um with the point that you made about yeah no I mean if you're waking up at two o'clock in the morning and you're having a burger and you're like why aren't I hungry for breakfast like yeah no I <laughs> no, I get it <laughs> we all get it everyone gets it you don't you didn't need my master's degree to understand why you're not hungry but that's for breakfast. What like I get come, that people come to but us honestly that, to like right. just talk and kibitz and like right. have a friend and the year and like. Too. Right. We've told, you know, we tell clients like, okay, you're ready to graduate. Like we don't need, and they're like, no, can I still see you once a month? And we're like, well, if All you right. would make you feel better, but honestly, I feel very yes. comfortable like about your, your, your level and skill right now. But you know, people just live in their own reality and, I and sometimes know. they just need friends in their teddy And they just want to hang and we life. get that. Right. right that's yeah. So that's why, you know, people are like, this was really, and it's funny because like the, sometimes people who come to us are like doing everything perfectly. And we're like, you know, nice to meet you. Like, you know, you're great. And it's like those people who are hypervigilant right. are not the ones who need nutrition care. It's it's so many other people who, you know, I just see even socially, personally in the Instagram world where yeah. I'm like, you need help, homie. Like you are broken. No, so. a thousand, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. It also really like brings up, I mean, the, the perception of nutrition and and I, I honestly sort of blame this on the medium in a lot of ways. Like the perception of nutrition as being a sort of like all or nothing, anything in any area of practice, like whether you are a person who works in GI surgery or you're someone who works in um, neurosurgical step down, like whatever it is, there's this like culture that is bred by the idea of you having a brand, an entire, like, whereas when you, when you're practicing nutrition, that's holistic and that's meant for an individual there's no brand, like there is no branding no. of that. Like it's impossible There's no to branding. Do. There's, everyone's like, well, what's the diet? What's the plan? I'm like, right. you got to stop following a certain New York dietitian right. yes. who makes you like, no, like yes. everything's custom here. Right. Welcome to your personal Cinderella shoe. We don't play like that. Cause you're, you know, you're not Aww. your husband, your sister, your brother. So, you know, everyone's like, where's my meal plan? I'm like, oh, oh my God, a meal um, plan. Right. Like, hello, you can Jenny Google Craig, one. 1984 right. called. They wanted, you know, so I get the demand for it because we want something right. simple and concrete. We want a box. We want supplements. We want pills. It makes our neurotic minds feel very comforted right. because the gray is very uncomfortable. But in reality, nutrition is a psychotherapeutic process. And again, that's why yeah. I say if you are not ready to, you know, approach nutrition change from a psychological, like internal, completely uncomfortable way, like then yeah. you're not ready. And if you don't like want to counsel like that, then you should not be a dietitian. So there's that you know? Yes. 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 I, I'm laughing because, because nothing you said is funny. You're so spot on. But what, what you're reminding me of is that <laughs> you ever watch The Bachelor? <laughs> um, I probably did like sporadically because okay. it was on like roommates television. Yes. But okay. So let me tell you, we've picked more this More of a Real Housewives person. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Totally with you. Totally with you on that. I want to ask you our Cla- the the traditional cla- traditional. I mean, this ha- this podcast has existed for about two minutes, but 
because this is our our tradition, our sort of like last question must do. And I'm actually glad because sometimes I like to give a heads up about this in advance, but I didn't. I but didn't you did with it. you because I knew that you would have a good one off the cuff, which is that, okay, you're going to a desert island. Now, we could approach this from the, this is the meal you're going to have before you go to the desert island, or oh. or we could do, actually, because I would really love to hear, or you can give us both. What are you having on? What are you packing for the desert island? You know what like I mean? Gut, What's a time gut, temperature? Like, 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 what are you taking? And I'm like, well, obviously not a line. Like, not line, sunscreen. Not sun, right. Not, like, not tampons. Like, my dog. No, obviously, Madeline and Francine are going to the desert island. I mean, come on. We're not unreasonable. <laughs> so, in this mythical desert adventure, yeah. hopefully it's Israel, because, like, that's Thank cool. Bring us desert. back. Yes. Take us back. Um, I really am a pizza person. I have zero like inclinations toward pasta. I am a complete like bread person and I'm a pizza and sushi person. So I would bring deep dish pizza, which is hard to find because I require a lot of bread. And on my pizza, I like mushrooms and broccoli, any kind of vegetable, like anything that adds a little umami and I need red pepper flakes. Or like a little Um, texture situation. I like what you're doing there. Okay. My texture is, it's very important. So I want my pizza and like a side salad, just like for texture and and fun. And then like, I need sushi and like, oh, what kind of sushi? Literally like, give me the platter. I'll eat everything. So nothing is right or wrong. Okay. Would there be a sushi roll or would this be like a sashimi situation? No, every, I, like mixed, like when it comes, I'm thinking of like the boat that comes out and it's I just- I know like, that boat. I'm like, <laughs> chef's choice. Like we went to Uchi, which just opened in Miami a few months ago. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. It, does it look kind of like a strip mall, but it's in the middle of nowhere? No, that's Sushi Erica or Wabi Sabi, which are actually Wabi like, Sabi. Yeah. Wabi yeah. Sabi is like Wait, what I, when I dream that about is a sushi. a quarter mile from my house, by the way. And okay. it is fantastic. It's time for so, us to be together is what yes. you're saying. Wabi okay. Sabi is great. Sushi Erica. They're both on 79th Street. And like, I live like eight blocks from there. So oh this is Uchi, which is really like kind of fancy. And like, to be honest, like I didn't even understand half the menu. So I was just like, hey, <laughs> hey, server, you're from New York. I can tell by your accent. So you clearly know like what to do. You do everything. And he curated the most wonderful variety of everything. The only thing is I just stopped eating seafood when my son was born as like a thank you to the Lord because he was IVF yeah. and it's like a miracle. But I, I I love shrimp and like seafood as it is. But so yeah. no shellfish, but beyond that, like give me all of the things, put everything yes. in the sushi, all the sauces, all the rices, all the seaweed, the, the nigiri, the sashimi. I want all of the things. Okay. And that a thousand percent between that and my pizza and my salad and my dog, like and like I want That's an it. almond croissant for dessert um every night. Ooh. That would Ooh. be ideal. Now, where where are we getting this almond croissant okay. from? Well, obviously, ideally anywhere in France. Second yeah, option, ideally. <laughs> second option would be there's a bakery in some in um my beach, Sunset Harbor called True Loaf. Um, like true love, but true loaf. And they make these giant almond croissants and they have so much cream. Cause you know, sometimes they skimp on the filling and it's like, wow, thanks for this flaky bread that kind of tastes like almonds. They're like really generous with the filling. So that's the ideal almond croissant for me. Wow. Wait, say, like what was the name? Missing like fruits, I guess, but you Wait, know. Okay. But also, but also what about a cocktail, a beverage? Oh, okay. Um, so beverage, I'm really not that into coffee. I never have been in my whole life. I know that's very yeah. strange. I'm, I'm really more into like tea and matcha. Um, Same girl. I mean, this is- 
I know it's very no, strange. I'm, whatever's I'm, in here is an interesting mix of things. I don't even want to. I don't even want to tell you about it. Okay. Um, I I love an Aperol spritz, but my favorite like hard liquor is actually Japanese whiskey because on honeymoon in Japan, I went to the Yamasaki factory and I American whiskey is like foul, but Yamasaki Japanese whiskey <laughs> yes. especially just opened up with like a little uh, soda water or like ginger and Ooh. herbs. It's just like the the illest. So I would bring my my Aperol spritz and my like. Yamasaki whiskey cocktail and like maybe some water just to watch it down. Maybe some matcha, you know, latte with real whole milk. Foam yes. Thank you. With our manuka honey to sweeten it, not stevia or anything strange if like that. If we went together, we would really, I really think we would. I would be fine in this very multicultural Israeli desert. With exactly. And Francine. Um, and then the rest of the day, I mean, I guess for breakfast, I love like really thick pancakes, like fluffy, yes. like southern pancakes with butter and syrup i also could really just do like syrup like i love cereal like i love raisin bran and golden grams and like lucky charms so there's my breakfast and then we have lunch sushi pizza dinner sushi pizza snacking jelly sandwiches and like i'm really like a happy clam listen now that you're saying it i'm thinking like there's not really anything that we would miss out on if we just used the concepts of sushi and pizza as our yeah. basis. You've got the almond croissant. I would say, could we get a little gluten-free flour instead? Fine. And then yes. we're good. Yeah. You can absolutely make accommodations. But I like that you said time. almond croissant because my husband really like is not a human being unless he's had a chocolate croissant, like at least I would say two to three times a week. So an almond, but an uh, that's why an almond, it just didn't even, it hasn't been on my radar in some well, time. That you're touched down to Miami. Yes. We will experience the nirvana that is their almond croissant, their giant almond croissant. It's like this thing. Oh my God, Monica. We await I'm you. so happy about that. I can't even say thank you enough. Okay. So can you, before we sign out for our listeners here, can you tell us where to find you? How can well, people find you? You Tell can us. find me in Miami, Florida. Um, but my Instagram handle is <laughs> she's welcoming like, you. Yes, I welcome you welcome. to my home with a yes. mask. Thank you. Um, eat like Monica on Instagram. And my email is Monica at essencenutritionmiami.com and the website is essencenutritionmiami.com. And uh you'll find all sorts of rants and raves about all of the aforementioned things and more that we have discussed today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jacqueline London RD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, 
Cheers. <laughs>